Welcome to the Junk Refund Show, hosted by Alan J. Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND. Have you ever paid those expensive junk removal companies to take away some of your stuff? Only to say to yourself, as a truck drives off down the street, some of that stuff wasn't junk. Did they try to sell it for you and give you some money back? No. Well, now there is a company that can do just that. Listen to our weekly junk refund show on BBS Radio TV to learn how one lady spent $375 on junk removal and got $3,200 back. 1-800-JUNK-REFUND represents the next generation of junk removal. Learn how to not only save your money on junk removal, but how to get some money coming back. Plus, purchase one of our radio vouchers during the show to save even more on your junk removal. Let's get the junk out of your home and out of your life. Now, with your host... Alan J. Cook. Doesn't he have a great voice? That is uh, the Newsom brothers, Don and Doug Newsom, with their golden voices, the founders of BBSRadio.com, leading us into another hour of some fun having to do with the world of junk and also how to get the junk out of your life. This is Alan Cook. I'm coming to you from Rockville, Maryland. This is the first time in the couple of months we've been doing this show that I'm actually at home doing this show. Feet propped up on a desk, very comfortable. I'm not out you know, in a parking lot in Wisconsin, which I've done the shows from, or sitting outside of a restaurant in Fairfax, Virginia, which I've done the shows from. I've, uh, I'm, this is just a day that worked out where I get to be at home, and I'm very excited about that. Ironically, though, the topic of the show today is how to get the junk out of your life by traveling and the value and the beauty of traveling, which I know a little bit about. There are a lot of people out there that know a lot more about it than I do, but I have had times in my life and opportunities in my life to do some traveling, and it is one of the best things you can do to make your life an adventure. And I'm excited to talk about it today. I thought I would just jump right in. I'm going to invite you, if you're listening live and you have a great travel story or you have a place you would like to travel to or anything having to do with travel that you'd like to share with us, call us live, 888-627-6008. Again, that's 888-627-6008. And tell us about your travel adventure. In our business, the junk removal business, we go out and haul away junk for people from their homes or their offices or their carports or their backyards or their you know fields or whatever. And when we do a job for somebody, one of the funnest things that I do, I do usually at night, I turn around and send people an $8 Ben & Jerry's gift card, which is enough to get you a pint of ice cream at a Ben & Jerry's ice cream shop because I've partnered with those guys ever since I started my business about 20 years ago, and I love the fact that you can just send somebody an e-gift card. I used to take out pints of ice cream and give it to people. Now it's uh, so much easier just to do it with an e-gift card, and they have such a great website at benjerry.com 
where you can order gift cards, e-gift cards. And so I like to do that. So if you call in on the show and we talk to you on the show about travel adventure or travel questions or whatever that you might have, um, we reward you with a Ben & Jerry's e-gift card. We just need your email. Also, during the show, there's always a great deal every week where in the Washington, D.C. area, you can purchase a pickup truck load of junk removal for $79 just by emailing us during the show. Mention the radio show, and we will send you a link that allows you to buy a pickup truck of junk removal for $79. That same truck, pickup truck load of junk removal is usually $229. So it's a special deal available only during the radio show each week, only in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. And it's a great savings and a special deal that we're making available in honor of our show on bbsradio.com. So to start you off, I, I looked up some statistics. There are different ways to travel, and I downloaded a, a little chart on my phone that I want to just share with you that are, these are kind of fun. Um, it basically measures the fatalities from 2010 to 2019, a 10-year period, um, traveling in different methods in the United States. And it lists, unfortunately, the fatalities that happened by these different means of transportation. Um, when you compare traveling in a car to traveling in a plane, and you look at the fatalities from both, 125,000-plus in car fatalities, 16 in plane fatalities, you're 7,800 times more likely to die in a car accident than on an airplane. And yet there are a lot of people scared to death to go up in an airplane but are not scared at all to go fire up the car and head out onto the road. I was in a situation um, in a parking lot two nights ago where I was walking out of a business and a car, um, headlights on us of a car was moving across my path and I was crossing a little parking lot street there. The car stopped for me while I walked, you know, past the car. And as I'm then walking another 25, 30 feet, all of a sudden I hear a crunch sound and a red car had come into the parking lot had hit the black car, which was the car that was waiting for me to cross, and the red car was now 100 to 200 feet past the black car, and the two drivers got out and started kind of chanting at each other on whose fault it was, right? And I looked at that and went, well, the guy that's driving the red car's got a big problem because of where his car is. The fact that he hit this other guy and is now 200 feet past him tells you how fast the guy was going or at least that he was going fast. And, again, you just you, – and these two guys are, you know, kind of yelling at each other on whose fault it was, but you can't deny where the cars were positioned. So slow down is a good general rule, and be careful is a good general rule. And I'll never forget the image of the guy, young guy in the red sports car, who kind of got out of the car and put both hands up on his forehead and just leaned back like, oh, crap, what have I done? And uh, the answer is he hit somebody because he was going too fast. So anyway, be careful out there driving the cars. Um, so 7,800 times more likely to die in a car accident than traveling by plane. What about trains? 
trains versus planes. 57 fatalities on trains, 16 on planes. Three and a half times more likely to die on a train than you are on a plane. I love, by the way, taking the Amtrak train from Washington, D.C. up to New York or anywhere in that area. It's a show about travel adventures. I, I love to go to the Baltimore Orioles, who are very hot right now, by the way, um, in uh, Major League Baseball. I love to go to their games and or the Washington Nationals games when they give away bobbleheads. I figured out recently that I can get from my place to Camden Yards in Baltimore for $6 one way. I leave from the Shady Grove Metro Station. There's a bus that takes you from there to the BWI Airport, Baltimore, Washington International Airport. That's about a one-hour ride. That's a $5 cost. And because I'm over age 60, I catch the MARC, which is Maryland Area Rapid Commuter Train System. I catch that train at the airport. Normally 2 bucks. I'm over 60. It's $1. I hop on that baby, and it takes me right to the stadium. $6 one way to get to a Baltimore Orioles game. Reverse it to come back. A buck back to the airport, five bucks back to the metro stop, and maybe a two-block walk from there to my place, and I'm home. $12 round trip to go to a Baltimore Orioles game about 45 minutes to an hour away. You can't do that in a car. I mean, I've taken Lyft home and Uber home from those games, and it's been 50 bucks one way. I figured it out the last time I went, $12 round trip, I can do that. I went to a Washington Nationals game recently where they played the Phillies, and I hopped on the Metro, and it was $6 to get down to the game, $6 to get back. i got to do a shout-out to Trey Turner, who is a standout shortstop for the Philadelphia Phillies and used to play for the Washington Nationals, who, as I was sitting in the game with a, a family and some uh, family friends of mine, etc., I offered to get people ice cream. I, when I left to go down in about the sixth inning to get ice cream for everybody, it was three to nothing for the Washington Nationals. When I got back, it was three to three. And I said to my two nephews who were there, I said, hey, we got a ball game here. And in the eighth inning, Trey Turner, the shortstop, started off the inning for the Phillies and hit a line drive home run over the left field fence. It was now four to three. The rest of the Phillies went on to score seven more runs in that inning, and it was Trey Turner's turn to get back up and hit again. He gets up again in the same inning. We're still in the top of the eighth inning. He hits a second line drive home run into the left field seats. Two solo home runs in one inning. The Philadelphia Phillies beat the Nationals 12-3. to and I'm telling you that boatload of Philly fans that came down for the game were going nuts. Anyway, shout out to Trey Turner. That's pretty impressive when he hit two home runs in the same inning, let alone the same game, in the same inning, two solo, so solo shots. Say that three times fast. Anyway, back to the travel adventure. So the, the point of it is part of this, part of the fun of going to these games and stuff is the way that you get there. And prior to taking uh, mass transit to get up to the Orioles Stadium, I would hop in the truck, drive up to the Orioles Stadium, park about maybe four blocks, five blocks south of the stadium in this street parking where you don't have to pay it for a meter or anything. I just park there. 
But then the funnest thing was I would grab one of these electric scooters that you can rent, you know, the ones for ride or, I don't know, some of these others that are, that are out there, Lime, etc. I would grab one of those and rent that baby, and that was one of the funnest parts of the trip. One of the funnest parts of the game was riding the scooter to and from the stadium from my car to the stadium. So anyway, the point of the show is how much fun you can have traveling by a bunch of different methods. Back to the stats, you're, you're eight times more likely to get in an accident, or fatality-wise, eight times as many fatalities traveling by bus as traveling by train from 2010 to 2019. But check this one out. If you really want to travel safe, get on a ferry boat. In 10 years, there are only four fatalities on ferry boats. Planes are by far the safest way to travel, but they're four times more likely to kill you than you'd be on a ferry boat. So next time you have a chance to hop on a ferry boat, by all means, do it. And I'm here to tell you, you're probably going to be really safe. So I'm going to share with you today some of the travel adventures that I've had in my life that have just meant a lot to me and have made my life an adventure. I'm a big fan and I'm a big believer in the idea that you're on the planet for who knows how many years and you get one shot. You don't come back again and get a second shot. You get one shot at this. And I think the whole idea is it's supposed to be an adventure. So at least that's my opinion. So make it an adventure and have fun while you're here on this planet. My wonderful dad died two days before his 48th birthday. He was 47 years old, passed away from a heart attack. I have outlived him by 18 years. Knock on wood. And that's 18 years of adventures I've been able to have that my wonderful dad didn't get just because his life got cut a little bit short because of health reasons. My point is, enjoy the day, enjoy the week, make it an adventure, and use travel as one way to do that if you like to travel and have some fun with it because there have just been some wonderful things that have happened to me. I took my first commercial airline flight when I was 18 years old. And I flew from Salt Lake City, Utah, to Rochester, New York. In high school, I was what we called a seminary officer, a church officer, if you will, for the, for the youth group in school. And at the end of our senior year, other kids like me who were in the high schools in our area were flown back to Rochester, New York, to help build the stages, run the lights, and do some other things for a thing called the Hill Camorra pageant, which is a big outdoor pageant, very famous in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, because it's a very historic area for us back in the Rochester, Palmyra, New York area. That was my first commercial flight, was going to Rochester, and I loved it. That was an adventure for me, and I was just kind of thrilled to see how it all worked, and it obviously worked just fine. But then when I was a college student at Brigham Young University, we have the, I don't even remember what it's called, the student newspaper. And I was reading the student newspaper one day. I was about uh, 22. And I'm looking in kind of the back part of the paper where the want ads are. And there was an ad there for Western Airlines announcing that they were beginning service from Salt Lake City to Denver. And it was happening like that week. And the ad said that because this was the 25th 
City, I think it was, that Western Airlines was opening up, the flights from Salt Lake City to Denver for the first 25 people in line were 25 cents. And I went, what? And I thought, that's got to be a misprint. And there was a phone number there to call. So I called the phone number, and they said, no, that's accurate. We have five flights starting this, let's say, Friday. And if you're one of the first 25 people in line in those flights, you get the flight for 25 cents. And it's also good coming back from Denver to Salt Lake. And I went, you got to be kidding me. I can fly round trip to Denver for 50 cents. And I called my buddy, and I said, hey, do you want to go to Denver for lunch on Friday? He goes, what do you mean? That's, I mean, how much does that cost? And I said, 50 cents. He said, no, how much does it cost to fly there? I said, 50 cents. He goes, what? And I explained the deal to him, and he got all jazzed about it. And I went, wait a minute. Let's double up and take some dates. And so he goes, great idea. So I called a couple of girls, Jill and Carrie Bester, bless their hearts, uh, from Orem High School, who are good friends of mine, sisters. And I said, hey, you guys want to go to Denver for lunch on Friday? And I told him the deal, and I said, just to be sure, we probably have to go up to the airport Thursday night and basically spend the night at the airport waiting to get on the plane to make sure we're one of the first 25 people in line. And they were game for that. They're very cool. They went, yeah, sure, let's do that. So the four of us on a double date went up to the Salt Lake City Airport on a Thursday afternoon or Thursday evening, just hung out at the airport overnight, and Friday morning... We were like fifth in line or something. Friday morning, I walk up to the desk, to the counter. The lady says, um, what can we do for you? I said, I need two, I need four round-trip tickets to Denver, going over and coming back. She goes, fabulous, that'll be $2. I gave her eight quarters. I got the boarding passes. We flew to Denver. We go to Denver. We have lunch in the Denver airport. We hang out there for a couple of hours. We hop on the return flight coming back. We're back Friday afternoon. We take the girls back to Provo, Utah, drop them off, and it's one of the funnest dates I've had in my life. Two bucks, round trip, four people. I'm not making this up. They had uh, some news people out there at the airport who caught wind of this. They actually asked us a little bit, kind of interviewed us a little bit about what we're doing. And they said, uh, how much is it costing you to go to Denver round trip for four of you? And I said, $2. And they just got the biggest kick out of that. So hats off to Western Airlines. I've always loved the fact that, that they made that offer available, that the BYU Press published it as an ad. And you can imagine just the joy of doing that and how much fun it was. To this day, many decades later, the Bester Girls, Still look back on this, as does my buddy Scott Ashby from the state of Washington, look back on this because it was such an adventure for the four of us to go on. So if that gives you a sense, and I did that when I was 22, and it's gone up from there. Um, Scott Ashby, by the way, was a church missionary uh, like I was in Independence, Missouri for two years when he was 19. That's where I met him. And we worked together in the mission office there for a number of months and got to be really good friends. Um, I was going across Kansas. This leads me into my third story here. I was going across Kansas one night with the guy that supervised us, a guy named Ted Johnson. 
um, who is, we call him our mission president, who was a terrific guy, and he was a very successful guy. And I asked him as we're driving across Kansas, you know, what are some of the things you've done in your life that meant a lot to you? And without any hesitation, he said, my trip around the world after my mission was fun. And I wasn't sure I heard him correctly. I said, say that again? He said, my trip around the world after my mission was fun. And I went, tell me about that. He had been sent, I think, from California, where he grew up, to Australia to do a two-year church mission. And back in those days, the church would let you come home the long way if you wanted to. He took two months and came home through Asia and Europe with a buddy of his who was getting released at the same time, and the two of them came home the long way, and he just started telling me stories about things that happened to him all across the world. And I was flat out fascinated by that. So I went back to the office to Scott Ashby and another buddy named Mark Nelson, and I said, hey, you guys want to go around the world after this missionary thing? And they went, well, yeah. And so we put together a trip around the world in 80 days, which we went on when I was 21. And I'm going to come back and tell you some stories from that adventure after we take a break here. You're listening to the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com where we're talking about how to get the junk out of your life by making travel a part of your life. We'll be back in just a moment after a commercial break. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. You're back with the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. This is Alan Cook, your host, coming to you from Rockville, Maryland, where we teach you not only how to get the junk out of your home and your garage, but also out of your life. Um, a quick plug for the junk removal side of the business. We did a special deal, and this is countrywide, by the way, so perk up on this one and listen up on this one. We did a deal for the 4th of July. I wanted to do something special, and I created a special for a house or office clean-out that would be five up to five 12-foot box truckloads of stuff, which is typically about how many truckloads it takes to clean out a, an average size home in the U.S. Um, the price of those truckloads is usually six ninety-five. so if you get five of those, that's about $3,500. But because it was the 4th of July, I made six of them available for seventeen seventy-six which is half price. All six sold out. It was a first-come, first-served basis. 
All six sold out. And in the spirit of travel, I'll tell you that the first one was purchased in Maryland, about 45 minutes from where I live. The second one was purchased in um, Wisconsin, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. The third one was purchased in Chicago, Illinois. The fourth one in North Carolina, Hickory, North Carolina. The fifth one in Des Moines, Iowa, or Ames, Iowa. And the sixth one in Charlotte, North Carolina. So that has all happened basically in the last six weeks, and all six of those jobs are done. And yours truly traveled and had a blast going to do all six of those jobs. Last week, uh, my buddy Warren and I drove down to North Carolina and did two jobs back-to-back down there, had a great time, and came back. So it was a first-come, first-served basis. So once those were done, I thought, well, we should do that again. We'll do it for Labor Day. So when I was 15 years old, back in 1973, I joined the labor force of the United States of America by going to work at a restaurant called Mr. Steak in Provo, Utah, and I was a dishwasher, later promoted to busboy. I was very proud of myself. That was my first jump into the labor market, and so for Labor Day, in honor of that experience, I have made 15 house cleanouts or office cleanouts available nationwide up to five truckloads of stuff for $1,973, which is a 43% discount. I did a FaceTime call about an hour ago with a gentleman from Dover, Delaware, who moved up here from Florida, who may in fact buy two of these, just based on all the stuff that he's got in his house that he's moved into, but it's, it's a bunch of stuff left over from the prior owners. And I was on the phone with, and in fact, I, in person, did an estimate this morning in Rockville, Maryland, for another friend of mine, um, a realtor, who referred us, and those folks are interested. So I've got 15 of these available on a first-come, first-served basis. So if you're listening to the show and you've got need to get a home or an office cleaned out with multiple truckloads of stuff, um, you should check out our website, 1-800-JUNKREFUND.COM slash Labor Day, and it'll have all the details there of this. These are a first-come, first-served deal. We don't charge you for travel. I'm really good at getting around the country cheaply, which I'm going to talk more about in this this show. But um, that is a great deal, 43% off our regular prices. And our regular prices, we tried to set them about 20% below some of these bigger junk removal businesses out there. So we're trying to save you money. But anyway, there's a great Labor Day special going on right now. If you have a storage unit, uh, a home, an office, um, whatever, that a big backyard with full of crap, you know, whatever, something that you need cleaned out that could be a multiple truckload job, which many of these cleanouts obviously are, check out 1-800-JUNKREFUND.COM slash Labor Day, and it'll have all the details there for you. So back to going around the world. Um, I got the idea to do this when I was a 20-year-old missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Independence, Missouri. I talked to two of my buddies. They said, yeah. And back in 1979, I'll never forget when we went to a store called Deseret Book in Orem, Utah, we bought some journals. And on the journals, we went up to the counter and they, we had them in, or they, they said they could, ins, they could inscribe the journals for us. 
So we put our names on the journal, and then we put around the world 79 below our name. Then we went up to the counter to pay for it. And the young lady behind the counter said, um, why does it say around the world in 79? And I said, well, that's what we're going to do. Uh, we leave Saturday to go around the world. We're going to go around the world in 80 days. And she looked at me like, what are you smoking, pal? You know, and I go, no, really, we are. We're going around the world in 80 days, and these are our journals we're taking on the trip. And it was such a fun thing to do. We took, we took fall semester off and went around the world in 80 days, 25 countries in 80 days. Pan Am, who doesn't fly anymore, but Pan Am back in those days, right when 747s were being introduced, had an around-the-world package where you paid $1,200 and you got 12 flight coupons to fly standby on any of their flights going around the world. There were just two basic rules to this whole thing. One, you could not backtrack. So you can't fly from New York to London, back to New York, and then go over to Zurich. You have to pick the direction you're going and keep going that direction. And number two, 80 days after you use the first voucher, all vouchers expire. So you've got to use it within 80 days or you're toast. The third thing they, that was kind of cool about this is they had a South Pacific option where for $400 more, you could buy four more vouchers and you could fly down to the South Pacific. So we went, well, yeah, let's do that. So for $1,600 in airfare, we got a, each got a booklet of 16 flight coupons. So we drove from Provo, Utah, down to Los Angeles to LAX. We ch- now, again, we're flying standby, but the 747s are in operation now. There's lots of seats on the 747s. So the odds of there being three extra seats on a 747 are pretty good. We took large backpacks with us with sleeping bags and stuff. We looked like some European, you know, backpackers. But we went down and we tore out the first coupon of our booklet, which was a $100 coupon. We handed it to the lady, and she booked us on a nonstop flight from Los Angeles to London, which apparently you either fly over the North Pole or close to the North Pole when you do that. So we took off and went around the world in 80 days, 25 countries in 80 days. It was a blast. I mean, I wrote a book about it, which I basically took that journal and uploaded it to, uh, to Amazon. And it's now for the book's available on Amazon. It's called Around the World in 88 Days and 88 Things I Learned Along the Way. So that book's out there. If you want to check out the adventure, you're welcome to do it. Um, I want to just tell you about one adventure that happened on that trip with the three of us traveling. We went from, from, we, we traveled eastward. So started off in LA, went to London, hopped on the Eurail train pass that we bought for about six weeks or so, went all over Scandinavia and Europe, all these different cities, had a blast. One day we're in Frankfurt, Germany, and my buddy Scott Ashby wakes up in the morning and he looks up at the sky, and it's beautiful blue sky up there, and he goes, hey, this looks like a great day to fly to India. Anybody want to go? At 2 o'clock that afternoon, we were on our next flight to New Delhi from, I think, Frankfurt. And, and I'm probably getting the times mixed up here, but we did arrive in New Delhi, India at about 2 a.m. And I'm telling you, that city was alive and hopping at 2 a.m. We went to the Taj Mahal in Agra. We 
watched cobras, you know, being charmed up out of their wicker baskets by, by snake, snake men or whatever we want to call them. Um, I put a big boa constrictor, big yellow boa constrictor that I still have a photo of around my neck. And we watched, you know, we watched king cobras getting milked for their venom in Bangkok, Thailand. We got on a boat on a Bangkok river, a long skinny boat, and it's kind of a single file canoe that was extra long kind of a thing, as I remember. And these young kids would come out into this kind of brown, filthy river and would beg for coins or money. And we would toss coins into the river and these kids would dive and grab the coins, you know. I mean, just the stuff that you learn by getting out of your culture and into someone else's culture culture is marvelous. But one day, I'm down in, we're down in New Zealand. We had flown into, I guess, Auckland, New Zealand. And we were doing some stuff down there, including the Rotorua, a city called Rotorua has some famous, world-famous glowworm caves that are down there. You go down into these caves, and you look up on the ceiling, and it's like a million stationary fireflies are up on the ceiling. But they're glowworms, and there's millions of them inside these caves. It's a it's a world-famous thing to see. And we decided one day that because we had been traveling for about two months, everywhere we went with the three of us, we decided to take one day and split up and go do something individually. And I like horses, and I thought, I'm, I would love to go horseback riding in this beautiful countryside in New Zealand. So I look up, and there's a statistics or whatever, and find out that there's a ranch called the Double R Ranch, which is on a bus route south of the Rotorua area. And I arrange to get on the bus and I tell the driver where I'm going and he stops a little while later and I exit off the bus and he goes, that road right there on the left, walk down that road. That's where the ranch is. Now, before I got off the bus, I was sitting there and I'm a 21 year old kid. I'm sitting there listening to people in their fifties and sixties talk about how they have been planning this trip that they're on to go to New Zealand for 30 years and how excited they were to be on this trip finally and how they had looked forward to it for 30 years. And the thought entered my mind. I thought, you know, when I'm 60 years old, I will have looked back on this trip for 40 years. That, in my opinion, is better. I'd rather have the experience and look back on it than spend 30 years anticipating the experience. Now, their situation is different than mine. And, and, you know, most people don't get a chance and haven't even thought of going around the world when they're 21. But it made me very grateful for what I was experiencing. But I got off the bus. I get on this road. Now, I'm by myself in God knows where, New Zealand. Beautiful country, right? And I'm walking down this road and there's nothing on the right, beautiful green fields on the right and on the left, but I can't see. I mean, I, the road just disappears into the future. And I'm walking down this road, headed towards this ranch, kind of going, I hope this was a good idea. And you walk a quarter of a mile and then a half a mile and then three quarters of a mile. And you kind of go, what in the world am I doing, right? Well, all of a sudden this Jeep comes towards me. This guy stops in this wonderful New Zealand accent and asks, you know, how are you, mate, kind of thing. I said, fine. He said, can I help you? I said, yeah, I'm headed to the Double R Ranch. He goes, oh, that's my ranch. What can I help you with? 
I want to go horseback riding. Oh, sure, hop in. I'll take you over there. I hop in the Jeep. He turns around. He takes me back to his ranch. He puts me on his own personal horse, and he says, now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to let you out through this gate. The horse is going to go up to the top of the hills. And then once you're up there, you can do whatever you want to up there, but the horse knows where to go. And just have a good time, and I'll see you in about an hour. And I went, this is heaven on earth, man. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I get on this horse, whose name I forget, and the horse, sure enough, walks up to the top of this plateau on this hill. The greenery, the beautiful green rolling hills, the sheep on the hillsides, the little lakes and ponds that are scattered everywhere around. It was the most pristine scene that I had seen in a long time. And I I rode a, a horse when I was younger. My grandfather had a horse on his farm that we used to ride, and I like horses. And so I saw this tree off in the distance on the horizon that was basically the same high plateau that we were on, and I just went, I pointed the horse towards that tree, I just went giddy up and kicked him twice in the ribs, and boom, we were gone. And we, he galloped over to that tree, and I had the funnest time. And I turned him around, pointed him back to where we started from, and I kicked him twice and said, giddy up, and boom, we were gone again. And we just went back and forth across that um, wonderful horizon in New Zealand, having a blast. And it was the time of my life. And I got to tell you, I felt like I owned the world that day. And I've never forgotten that feeling. Freewheeling, wind in my hair, on horseback, in New Zealand, gorgeous countryside, green rolling hills, water everywhere, sheep everywhere you could see. And I'm having the time of my life riding horseback across the plateau of these hills, the top of these hills. It was one of the funnest things that I've ever done. And thank heavens that I didn't, after walking down the deserted road for a quarter of a mile, let doubt take over and say, oh, maybe this was a bad idea, and turn around and walk back to the road where I could have caught the next bus going back to where I came from. You know, sometimes you're taking a risk. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know the outcome, but you just try, and you don't give up. And pretty soon the owner of the ranch pulls up and gives you a ride back to the ranch, right? I mean, who, who knows? But at least you stay on the road and you keep trying, and the odds are something good is going to happen to you. And that's what happened to me on this experience in New Zealand. I just had the funnest time doing that. Um, there was a time in my life about 15 years ago where they had asked me to be the scoutmaster in our church group here in called North Potomac, Maryland. And as a scoutmaster, the big thing you want to do is get your boys to make it to the rank of Eagle. So as an incentive, I told them that if they made it to Eagle Scout, I would take them down to Walt Disney World in Florida. And this was going to be a number of months. They'd have to earn the merit badges, do all the work, etc. In fact, it might have been even been a year you know, in advance we were talking about doing this. And then I just kept an eye out for the flights from Washington, D.C. to Orlando during the year. Well, six of these boys went out and did the work and made it to Eagle Scout. And six of us, plus me, seven of us, I guess one of the leaders, maybe eight of us, 
took off and went down to Orlando for a weekend to reward them for making it to Eagle Scout. And, as you can imagine, we camped out in the campground down there that they have available. I had been looking for airfares, and thank heavens for Southwest Airlines, which came out with a special deal, $25 one way, Washington, D.C. to Orlando. And I went in and bought eight of those and did round-trip tickets, same price coming back, and did round-trip tickets and took those guys down there for a weekend in Orlando for only 25 bucks each way. And I think the parents even came in and you know reimbursed me for the cost. I think that was the deal. But the great thing is there are some fabulous airfare deals out there that these airlines will make available that make your life so much fun. These boys, years later, came up to me and still talked about how much fun that trip was and what a great time they had going down to Orlando. And it just made the whole adventure of becoming an Eagle Scout <clears throat> something that was terrific, that rewarded all of us. So you're listening to the Junk Refund Show on bbsradio.com. We're talking about having adventure in your life by traveling, and I've had plenty of it, and I continue to have it. going to be back in a moment after we take a commercial break here and talk about some other travel adventures I've had, including uh, some stuff having to do with the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am golf tournament. You're listening to Junk Refund Show. I'm your host, Alan Cook. We'll be back in a minute and tell you some more about how to get the junk out of your life by traveling. Have you ever hired one of those expensive junk removal companies, then wondered what they did with the stuff? Especially the good stuff. At 1-800-JUNK-REFUND, we junk the junk. Recycle stuff like metal and wire. Donate items and get you receipts. And put up for sale the good stuff. And if it sells, you get some money back. Cynthia paid $375 for junk removal and got $3,200 back. Would you like to know how she did it? Tune in to the Junk Refund Show with your host, Alan J. Cook, every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to get the junk not only out of your home, but also out of your life. So we're back with the Junk Refund Show. This is Alan Cook, founder of 1-800-JUNK-REFUND in Bethesda, Maryland. We're having fun talking today about getting the junk out of your life by traveling and some of the adventures that you can have. I was just talking about taking some boys down to Orlando, Florida for a scout trip when they made it to Eagle Scout. And this was about the time that Tiger Woods was just becoming a big thing on the PGA Tour. In fact, he was kind of new to the PGA Tour so this was probably back around 1996 or 7, somewhere in that ballpark. And uh, I will never forget the scene when, as these boys were down there for a weekend, some of them wanted to go to one park attraction, some of them wanted to go to another. So I basically said to him on Saturday afternoon, I said, look, you got you know four hours of free time, go to whatever you know park you want to go to, 
go do your thing. We'll meet back here in four hours. And they went, cool, let's do that. So they split up and went different directions and stuff. I went across town to, I'm going to call it the Disney World Classic, which was a PGA golf tour event going on, and Tiger Woods was playing in it. And he was a new thing on the, new kid on the block on a PGA tour. And I will never forget the scene that I saw at that tournament that, that afternoon. It may have even been a, a, I think it was a practice round for the tournament, actually, is what it was. But I went out there, and the, the late Payne Stewart, who was a U.S. Open champion and a very famous golfer, was standing on one of the tees with another pro golfer getting ready to hit their first shot, and there was nobody standing around them or on the tee or anywhere close to them necessarily, just a few people kind of scattered along the edge of the fairway there. But next to them... Tiger Woods was on the tee getting ready to hit a couple of golf shots and the complete fairways on both sides of the hole that Tiger Woods was playing were four people deep all the way down the fairway with people who had come out to see Tiger Woods. And I remember Payne Stewart looking over at that scene and just kind of shaking his head like, I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, he's a U.S. Open champion at that point. And here is the new kid on the block who has gathered all the crowd. And that, that was an interesting scene to watch because it just kind of illustrates that life changes and things change. And New people come on the scene, and new followers come out, and whammo, the whole fairway was lined with people just watching Tiger Woods, just wanted to get a glimpse of Tiger Woods. It was an amazing scene to watch. And speaking of pro golf, I was, um, this is a shout-out to my, my wonderful nephew, Baker Lambert, who works in the advertising business now, but when he was in his 20s, he was a... a um, customer service rep for JetBlue Airlines in Utah, and he was single. And because you work for an airline, you get flight privileges, and you also get them for a significant other. And my wonderful nephew didn't have a significant other in his life, so he named me as his significant other. So I got to fly free on JetBlue anywhere they fly for about three years as a standby passenger. So I am sitting in my home in North Potomac. I'm downstairs. I'm watching TV. It's a Thursday afternoon, and I'm watching the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am Golf Tournament being played from the Pebble Beach Golf Course in Monterey, California, one of the most pristine, scenic golf courses right on the edge of the Pacific Ocean that golfers all basically bow down to and pay homage to because it's such a great golf course. Well, I'm watching this tournament being played out there, and the thought hits me, I could go to that maybe. I think it's maybe 100 miles south of Oakland, I think, is, is what I think. And I thought I should check the JetBlue schedules and find out what the deal is. Well, there was a flight that left that night, Thursday night, that would get, or maybe it was maybe it was Friday morning. I think it may have been Friday morning at six a.m. There's a nonstop flight from Washington D.C. to Oakland, 
And there's a special phone number you call to see how booked the flight is. It wasn't very booked. So the odds of me getting on it were good. And the realization hit me that I could be there on the golf course the next day watching this thing live. Thanks to my nephew, Baker. And thanks to JetBlue. So I did that. I got on the 6 a.m. flight. Boom. Flew to Oakland. uh, Rented a car. Drove south to the Pebble Beach Golf Facility. Bought a ticket, which I think was maybe 50 bucks or something like that, maybe more, to get in. And there I am watching these guys play golf at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, all because of a travel experience that I was able to take advantage of. And I remember in this particular format, they have the pro golfers play, but then they have a bunch of celebrities there. And on one of the, the... the tee boxes, it was the ninth tee box of one of the courses there at Pebble Beach. You had Rush Limbaugh, Bill Belichick, the New England Patriots, and a couple other guys that were in a foursome that had to wait for the group ahead of them to move forward and hit their shots. And so they were just kind of walking around the tee box with no place to go. I had purchased a Pebble Beach golf you know, cap, and I had an autograph pen in my pocket, and I went over to Rush Limbaugh because I was I could chat I could kind of call out to him from behind the ropes, and asked if he would sign this cap for me, which he did. And I then I I don't think I had anybody else sign that. I think it was just his signature. But I stayed there for the afternoon, watched the tournament, caught the late night flight that night back to Washington, and was back in Washington. Saturday morning at around 6 a.m. or something. No airfare cost, just free standby flights on JetBlue. I took the Rush Limbaugh baseball cap and put it up for sale on eBay and sold it to a lady in Kansas for $75, which paid for my ticket to get into the tournament. And she sent me an email and said that her dad was an avid Rush Limbaugh fanatic, listened to his radio show every day. And that this was something that she was buying for him for his, I think it was going to be a Christmas present for that year. I think that's what the deal was. And she was thrilled to get this cap for him because she knew how much it was going to mean to him. Now, how do you think I felt? I mean, I felt fabulous that somebody valued this Rush Limbaugh hat cap as much as they did. I got to go to the Pebble Beach Golf Course, which is a golfer's dream. I got to see lots of the pros. Phil Mickelson was there. A bunch of other guys were playing that that tournament. That was fun. I saw some celebrities there. Uh, I got to watch them play golf. And I just spent the day at Pebble Beach, which 24 hours earlier had not crossed my mind. And now all of a sudden, I was there. And you can imagine what kind of a journal entry that makes, right? When you do something like that, it's just a fabulous experience. So I loved that experience. I loved going out there. I loved meeting some of these folks and just having such a great time with it. And, and frankly, I, I was back home Saturday morning and I kind of thought, oh man, what am I going to do now? You know, what what am I going to do on Saturday to top that one? So thanks again to my wonderful nephew, Baker Lambert, who made all that available by naming me as his significant other. A couple of things that you ought to be aware of that 
can give you this same travel thrill. One of them is available, and I think it's still available through Frontier Airlines. It's their Go Wild Pass. This is a pass where you pay a certain amount of money to either fly during the summer or fall and winter or an annual pass. My brother told me about this back in January of this year. He said, hey, it's an introductory offer. You pay $599, bucks, and you fly free on Frontier Airlines for a year. Free means you actually have to pay the airport taxes that they charge when you fly in and out of these different airports, but there's no airfare to it. I have used that baby consistently now for about six months, They maybe five months. They came, It was not supposed to start until May 3rd, but they came in in April to all of us that had bought this, and they said, hey, we're going to give you three weeks head start to book flights. So I booked a round-trip ticket to go from Washington out to Utah for Mother's Day for 50 bucks. It's $25 each way. Uh, if you're going all the way across the country, it's about 30 bucks. Regular airfare. And I had flown inexpensively on Frontier and Spirit Airlines and stuff anyway, but nothing like this. And they, are, they have made various, and there's a bunch of different flights available for like $25 one way for a certain limited number of seats. And the trick is you can't book the flight until 24 hours in advance. So it's kind of like a last-minute get-out-of-dodge kind of thing where you book the ticket. But they also fly internationally. And you can book those tickets 10 days in advance. You can go to the Bahamas. You can go to Cabo San Lucas. You can go to a lot of places um, on Frontier. And so that you might, if you were looking for uh, some kind of a travel deal, and the cities that you're flying to are being serviced by Frontier, which if you're flying domestically, there's a pretty good chance that's happening. They don't go to you know Anchorage. They don't go to, to Honolulu. But they do go to a bunch of places in the Caribbean and all across the United States. And um, it's called a Go Wild Pass. The one that I paid $5.99 for is now 1900 bucks. But they had one that was available. I just don't know if it's still available. It might still be where you could fly, you could fly fall and winter, a six-month period of time, for two ninety-nine. And there's no limit on how many flights you can take. You can take as many flights as you as are available. Um, and you, you just like you normally would go in and book a flight, let's say to go from Washington D.C. to Salt Lake City, and maybe the regular fare. You put in the dates, and you put in your destination, and it pops up, and it shows you the prices. The regular fare might be $500. If you're a member of their Discount Den Club, which I highly recommend, that means you pay an extra 100 bucks a year, and you get discounted rates available to you, whether you're a Go Wild Pass member or not. You get discounted rates available to you, and those, those rates will easily make back your 100 bucks just on, by taking a flight or two. So that maybe that fare is you know 350 instead of 500 bucks. But the great thing is the fare on the Go Wild Pass is $25. <laughs> and so I went out for Mother's Day, cost me 50 bucks. I, you know, I had a girl I was dating out in Portland, Oregon for a few months, $25 to fly from Washington, D.C. to Portland, Oregon, across the country. It was brilliant. It was great. 800 bucks for her to fly here, 50 bucks for me to fly round trip out there to see her. Um, 
such a deal. But these deals are available out there. We cleaned out a house in Chicago back during COVID when COVID was just kind of, this must have been the spring of 2020, right when COVID was starting to be a big deal and there was a lot of panic and there were certain cities, I think three cities in the United States that they were saying, don't travel in and out of these cities if at all possible. And one of them was New York. I think one was Miami and one was Chicago. And you can still travel, but they're basically saying, you know, got to wear a mask. And there was a lot of fear and there was, you know, a lot of cutback in travel. I remember booking a ticket on airlines to fly from Baltimore to Chicago for $18 one way. And then the flight coming back got canceled. And there were only 20 people on the flight when we went to Chicago. The flight coming back got canceled, so I had to wait for the second flight about three hours later. And I had to go buy a new ticket for the second flight, 30 bucks. So for $48, I flew round trip to Chicago, cleaned out a house in the kind of the northwest suburbs of Chicago. And it was about a 1,800-square-foot house and about a $2,800 job. And the airfare to get there and back was less than 50 bucks. And just, you know, made my day. And another thing that was kind of cool that I'll maybe end with this, uh, that talk about, you know, the adventure you have when you travel. I'm sitting there in Chicago O'Hare waiting for this flight second flight to get me back to Baltimore on Spirit Airlines and young kid comes up kind of a sturdy rugged kid college student age kid comes up and kind of sits down and, and, and you know nobody's flying because of COVID and so the airport is basically empty which is very strange phenomenon and so I'm sitting there at the gate and there's no one else really at the gate and this kid comes up and kind of sits across from me and after a few minutes, he says, hey, um, excuse me, sir, is it okay if I use your phone? And I thought, well, I'm happy to make a call for you. Who do you want me to call? He said, I need to call my patrol, not patrol, my parole officer. I just got out of jail this morning. I said, tell me more. And he said, I'm traveling to Mississippi. My grandma's going to pick me up. They were supposed to put me on a train. They decided instead to put me on a plane. I need to call my grandmother and explain when I'm going to arrive so she can pick me up. And his flight apparently was going to go through Texas. Texas was another deal where if you, if you got off the plane in Texas at those days, you had to quarantine, I think, for 14 days. Now, I didn't even stop to think about what are the quarantine rules in Maryland. Are there any rules? Do I need to quarantine myself? I had no idea. I was just naive. I thought, oh, man, I hope that's not the case with me. But I basically let him use my phone. He called the parole officer. They then called his mother or his grandmother to arrange down there. And this kid was really grateful that I let him use the phone. So a few minutes later, my phone rings with a Chicago area code number. I think it's 312, Chicago area code number on it. It's the parole officer calling me to thank me for letting the kid use my phone because they had no other way to contact him and his grandmother so they could arrange to get him picked up when he got down to Mississippi. I told him, no problem, happy to do it. A few minutes later, my phone rings again. 
this time an area code I didn't recognize. This is the grandmother calling me to thank me for letting her grandson use my phone to call her and the parole officer to make these arrangements available. She was taking the time to call me just to say thanks for helping her son make some arrangements on the day that he was released from prison. Now, the adventures that you have in the world of travel aren't all just about getting from point A to point B. They can also be about helping somebody along the way that you had no idea was going to fall in your lap, but you have an opportunity to help somebody else out just because of where you are and the situation that you're in, which is a great way to go through life. So having gone around the world in 80 days when I was 21, having flown you know, round trip on a date from Salt Lake City to Denver for, 20, for 50 cents round trip just to go have lunch, I've taken girls from Washington, D.C. on dates where we left in the morning, flew down to Orlando for about 20 bucks, 25 bucks each way, went to Walt Disney World, and flew back that night. It was a day, a day date, fly down in the morning, fly back at night, and I'll never remember this girl that I was dating stood there in front of the Magic Kingdom in Orlando, and she looked at me, and she looked at the Magic Kingdom, and she said, I can't believe I'm in Walt Disney World. And she'd never been there before. And two and a half hours earlier, she was in Washington, D.C. That is just flat-out fun. And I think that's what life is supposed to be about. And travel and traveling can help make some of those adventures become real for you. And I've, I've done it for decades, plan to continue doing it for decades, and... It's the best time in the history of the world to be alive right now, if for no other reason than for six hours, in six hours you can go from Boston to San Diego. You couldn't do that in the 1850s, right? So anyway, count your blessings. I'm grateful for the travel industry and the fact that you can get around this country so quick and around the world so quick. Make your life an adventure. Get the junk out of your life and go take that trip that you've always told yourself you're going to take one day and look back on it for 40 years instead of looking forward to it for 40 years. That's been my experience. Hope you've enjoyed the show today. We'll see you back here next Thursday at 3 o'clock Eastern on the Junk Refund Show where we teach you not only how to get the junk out of your homes and out of your garages, but also out of your life. This is Alan Cook. I'm your host. I'll see you next week at 3 o'clock Eastern on bbsradio.com for the Junk Refund Show. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Junk Refund Show, the longest-running junk removal radio show on the air. Join us next week as we discuss innovative ways to declutter your home, your business, and your life using 20 years of junk removal experience. Find out why we give out free ice cream gift cards to our clients, too. In upcoming shows, we will explore how to get the junk out of your relationships, your spiritual life, your waistline, even your travel life. Plus, call in with questions and situations you would like some help with at one 800 
Junk Refund, we are committed to bringing the next generation of junk removal because not all junk is junk. See you next week on the Junk Refund Show every Thursday afternoons at 3 p.m. Eastern Time right here on BBS Radio TV.